Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I always tell people I'm, I'm not a professional Christian, so get that in the back of your mind. Um, you know, and I praise God. Well, for, let me, I guess, formally introduce myself. My name is Pastor Abraham Villanueva, and I am the campus pastor of the South Tampa campus of the resting place. So we're family, and um, God is good. And I was speaking to Apostle Caleb. Um, I was having my one-on-one with him on Friday, and I was kind of sharing him a little bit of what God is doing. And Pastor Eric and Pastor Sue, they came over to a glory soaking night the Friday before, and I was releasing a word on a lady, and I was saying, your house will not fall. Your house will not fall. Your house will not fall. And like they literally walked in at that same exact moment. And I'm like, that's for you too, you know. Your house will not fall. You know, because you didn't build your house yourself. God gave you your house. And Pastor Caleb was like, you need to go over to uh, Wetchley Chapel. Just tell them that I told you. So I'm like, okay, Caleb said I should come over on, on Sunday night. Which it worked, it worked out really well because we have a Pastor Joel Morales, which is the campus pastor for the O'Carrollville campus of the resting place, come over to South Tampa today, and he preached at our campus. So, you know, I feel like the pastors are kind of jumping around, which I totally love that because we are not in competition with one another. We're literally loving and encouraging one another in our race. And because I've recently, it's not even three years yet that I've had my campus and um, my, my church with the resting place. Um, and I recently have gone through transition. So that's the title of the message, which is funny because Pastor Eric is like, thank you God for the message you've given Pastor Abraham. And I'm like giving, you're giving me a message because I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> that's how it works with God and me, you know, we're best friends. He, I, I go to God. Some people think I don't prepare. I do prepare. I go to God, and I'm like, okay, what's going to be the message that I'm going to speak of on Monday and on Tuesday? I go back, and on Wednesday, I go back, and on Thursday, I go back, and he's like, you know how we do already. Why are you coming over here asking me that sort of question? You know I don't give you the answer until you grab the mic. So I'm like, okay, I'll just... Maybe this time it's going to be different because, you know, I'm visiting a church. Maybe I need to be a little bit more professional. He's like, Abraham, you're just going to speak what I tell you to speak. You will say what I tell you to say. You will do what I tell you to do, and that's it. And I'm like, sure. Aye, aye, Captain. Here we go. But the Lord did give me or place the title, give me a title, which was Embrace the Transition. And even as you guys are speaking, you keep mentioning that word, transition. But that's exactly what you're in, transition. And I'm going to just read the verse that God gave me, and then... We'll see where we end up at. Um, And it's in Genesis chapter 12. And it's the the call of Abram. And it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. 
And it's not that God goes around cursing people. It's that what you sow, you reap. Or you, yeah, you, you, you're one of those. You know what, you, you what? You reap what you sow. There you go. So if you go around cursing people, you're getting cursed. Because what you give is what you receive. So I don't believe God's around cursing people. I believe just like there's a natural law, like the law of gravity, you throw something in the air, what goes up must come down. What you bless will bless you right back. And what you curse will curse you. You know, that's just the way it is. If I walked in here and talked down to you and I pointed at one of you and go, you're trash, you're this, you're never going to make it. How is that going to make you feel? You're going to want to hit me. You're going to want to come against me, right? But if I come with tender words, if I come with words of hope, if I come with words of life, how are you going to feel? And even stopping here for a moment, and I know you were uh, mentioning evangelism. I really feel like as churches, not this church, but I'm talking about the global church, right? The, what we call the body of Christ, Christians everywhere. We have given evangelism such a bad rap, such a bad rap. We, we still think we got to go out to convert people. If you think you got to go out to convert people, you're doing it wrong. Let me tell that to your face right now. You are completely wrong. When you go out, you're sharing what Jesus has done with you. You are a witness. It's not how, who you're going to teach, who you're going to convert, who you're going to save. You ain't saving nobody. Jesus is doing the saving. You're an informant of the kingdom. You're letting people know how good he is. And it's not by how many Bible verses you know. The people you're talking to in the street probably know more Bible verses than you. That's the reality. We've been taught if you go to school, if, and, and I'm, again, I'm not against Bible school. I went to Bible school. I went to Jesus' lab, and praise God, Jesus' lab completely affirmed all the wildness God was showing me. Because I never had experienced such goodness. I was experiencing goodness by myself. But every church I went to, that had a different interpretation. So I was afraid of God. And then I'm experiencing the goodness of God at home. And for seven years, I'm experiencing the glory of God. But then I'm going, but I don't know any other Christians that are experiencing this. So maybe I'm creating some kind of cultish mentality. And then I go to a resting place. And I'm like, oh my God, they speak everything I've been saying. And it's been healing and there's been an advancement even in my walk. There's been an acceleration in my own life because I am surrounded by people that speak the language of heaven, that speak the language of hope, that speak a language of life. But it's not converting people. It's feeding the hungry. Evangelizing is giving a plate of food to somebody that's hungry. If you see somebody depressed and you walk by, you missed it. You know God delivered you from depression. So, hey, can I just tell you a story? There was one time I was so depressed, I want to end my life. And then Jesus came into the picture. And Jesus gave me a hope where there was no hope. Hey, I was suicidal. I was in the clubs. I was sleeping around. I was going to end my life for real. I'm not making up stories to look good as a preacher. Then that's pitiful. You know, it's the reality of my journey. And it was in that brokenness. It was in that pain. It was in that suffering that Jesus came in. And now I'm loved. You know, it's an honor to, to hear 
what Pastor Eric was saying. Like, he comes here and all the people love him. All the people run to him. And you know what? Praise God for that. Because there were seasons in my life that I was hated. There were seasons in my life I went to churches and people told me, shut up, you're crazy, you're making up stories, you're going to hell, God can't do nothing with you. These were the Christians I grew up with. They saw me in sin, they turned their face the other way and walked that way because I was coming that way. When we see sinners, we should run towards them. When you see witches, you should run towards them. For greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But we live, as believers, we, we live with a wrong mentality that evangelism is something else than giving a plate of food. I'm not talking about a physical plate. And if you know what, if you see somebody hungry, you want to get people in your church. Do you want to see this ministry grow? Give them real physical food. I'm here to encourage you and I'm here to give you pointers. You want to get people's attention. There's a lot you could do. You could go to the park or you could go one-on-one. -on -one. And there's some of you that are better at the park and there's some of you that are better one-on-one. -on -one. And it doesn't make a difference. The only difference you make is in that individual's life. What we need to do is stop comparing. You don't need to compare to her the way she does it. You need to say, Lord, how do you want me to do it? Praise God for how she does it. But how do you want me to do it? How do you want me to walk? It doesn't mean everybody here has to go to the park. Not everybody here has to minister the way Abraham ministered. No, I want you to minister the way that God called you to minister. Because God has given you an eternal kingdom identity. You have a specific testimony and you have gone through specific struggles that I haven't gone through. So there is a group of people that God has prepared for you. There's people that need to hear my story, but there's people that need to hear your story. We need to stop letting all the work on the pastor. We need to stop all the, giving all the work to the evangelist and realize that we are one body. That if you go to school, you could preach at school. And if you go to Walmart, you could preach at Walmart. And if you go to the doctor's office, you could preach at the doctor. If you go to your family, you could preach to your family. If you go see your friends, then you could preach to your friends. If you see your enemy, then you could preach to your enemy. And bring the goodness of God into their life. And when we realize that this is true evangelism, nobody's going to shut you up. You'll get invited to churches because people think you're a good evangelist. And I keep telling people, I'm not a good evangelist. I was loved first. I just don't want to get credit. For credit and glory and honor belongs to God. I didn't do anything to obtain this. The only thing I did to obtain this was believe his voice, trust his voice. So I don't I know I'm good at. I'm good at it because he's good at with me, because he loves me, because every time I failed, he raises me up. Every time I've collapsed, he says, you're not staying down. Seven times the just will fall, and seven times God will raise him up. See, I'm not up by my strength, and I refuse to get a credit that does not belong to me. Because many times I ran away. It was in my running away that Jesus met me and brought me back to the church. I said, screw Christianity. Jessica Gonzalez, no, she was the woman that prayed for me. You're amazed how God uses me, but the lady that God used to pray for me sits in your church. Think about it. I don't get credit. And I want people to realize that I don't get credit. God gets credit. God was faithful. 
And he had his servant that lived in Connecticut come and pray for me in Tampa. And it ministered to my heart. And two days later, I encountered the glory. And she don't get credit because God did a work in her. So when she saw me, she could identify the work of the Lord. When nobody else could identify the call of God on my life, she was able to do it. But there had to be somebody in her life to identify the call of God. So we keep repeating what God did for us, we do for others. And those others will do for others. And when we get this, when we get this as believers, when you accept that you are a royal priesthood, when you accept that you are a holy nation, when you accept that you have been acquired by God to announce the virtues of the one that brought you from darkness to marvelous light, when you understand the fact that you were broken and lost and hurting, it don't matter what kind of disease or struggle or sin you had. Every single one of us found ourselves in darkness. And in this darkness, he pulled his hand and just like David said, patiently I waited upon the Lord and he heard my cry. The Lord has heard your cry. And he sticked his hand in that miry pit and he's pulled you out. Filthy, dirty, and he's established your feet on a firm foundation, you were in the low place. You might still think you're in the low place because you believe in lies. Nobody in this room is standing in a low place. You're here in the house of God when you could have been dead, when you could have been lost, but the enemy will come to your ears and tell you you're not worth it. He's not worth it. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people acquired by God to announce the virtues of the one that brought you from darkness to marvelous light. This is what we do. We simply announce the goodness. We simply inform people that God is faithful. When God speaks something, I promise you, it will come to pass. But you don't determine the time. See, as Christians, we've been told, you go to God and you tell God, no, no, no. Don't you talk to the king that way. If you're going to come to the king, you come humbly through the throne of grace. Oh, sweet King Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Lord, I come in Jesus' name. He said, if I ask in his name, I will receive, almighty king. I really would like to see a thousand people get saved in Tampa Bay, Lord. Oh, Lord, if you would raise me up as an example to shine your light. No glory for me, but all glory to you. Lord, if you would bless me indeed. Oh, Lord, if you would enlarge my territory. If you would just bring an expansion so I could have space to release the word you gave me. So I could have space to release the dreams you've given me. God, I'll do it for your glory. I'll do it for your glory. God, I'll do it for your glory. I promise you, you'll be unstoppable. God is just looking for someone to believe. He's looking for people in the church to really believe. I'm not talking about belief for salvation. I believe all of you are saved. I'm just talking about some people God trying to raise up as leaders for this generation. God is trying to raise leaders in Tampa Bay. God is trying to raise leaders in the state of Florida. God is trying to raise leaders in the United States of America. God is trying to stay, raise leaders in this world. People that are going to shine with the glory of God. People that are going to be bold and not afraid. 
simply because you know that God is faithful. If God speaks a word in its time and in its season, it will bear much fruit. So if he says, I will make you, he then says, you will make you. Obey me. Trust me. Embrace the transition. Embrace the steps that I'm giving you. His word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. So I say, walk. Walk. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Be at peace and know that he's leading you. When the time comes, the first thing he said is, go from your country, from your people, and from your father's house. You know what he's saying there? Let go. Let go of everything you know. Let go of your comfort. The Father's house, your Father's house, your comfort zone. It's where I've always lived. It's what I've always done. It's just the way that I know how to do it. And God says it's time to let go, church. Why would God ask you to let go? Because you know what? When you let go, then you have space to receive. If you already have something in your hand, how can you receive what God has for you? But he's just calling you to let go. Because then there's going to be space to receive. You're holding on to something. He's like, let it go. But when you let it go, you're opening your arms to receive. For God, man, God, you think I called you to fail? Never. There's not one word you could back that up. God called you to succeed. It was God that gave you this church. It was God that gave you this ministry. It was God that gave you this family. Oh, people that you did not know were the ones that were coming, and they're coming. But embrace the transition. Don't be afraid to let go. I know it's scary. You're talking to the guy that since 1998 heard the voice of God. He says, pack your bag, move to Florida, all by myself at the age of 20 years old. I thought I had HIV. I thought I was going to die. I thought God hated me. And in that one move, as soon as I got to Florida, God spoke to me. He said he loved me. God spoke to me. He said he called me as a prophet to the nations. I was still a broken kid. It didn't make no sense whatsoever. I went to a church because I said, I'm going to go to this church. And God's going to tell me he hates me. And then I'm going to go home and kill myself. I'm going to end my life. So I walked to the church. Everybody was really happy. And I said, thank you, Lord, for letting me come to your house. But you don't see me. Look at all these good people here. And the man of God got up at the Sun Dome. If you've ever been by the Sun Dome, that's not a tiny church. That's a huge place. There were thousands of people there. And walks up to me and says, why do you say I don't see you? You don't know how glad I am that you're in my house. And you feel death inside of you. You feel like you're going to die, but I tell you this much. Satan can touch your body, but he cannot touch your soul. For I have called you as a prophet to the nations. I fell out under the power of God. He said, pick him up, put his hands on my face, and said, and I love you. And that day, that day I knew that God loved me with my issues, with my sins, with my insecurities. Not that he wanted to keep me there. Uh, 23, 24 years later, here I stand. 24 years later, patiently I waited. Patiently I waited upon the Lord. 1998. 
he calls me a prophet to the nations and I don't get recognized as a minister till 2019 December 2019 don't get ordained as a pastor till December 2020 that many years later sometimes we're spoiled thinking it's going to happen right now but you don't realize that God is doing a work in you even as a church even as TRP Wesley um, Wesley Chapel God is doing a work in your heart because you right here at the sound of my voice you're the next leaders you are the next pastors I know you got some issues so when did that ever stop God when I look at the Bible, he loves picking people with issues. So you're the perfect candidate. But I got some sins and I got some struggles. Perfect candidate. Perfect ingredients for a miracle. Perfect ingredients to manifest some glory and leave some people shocked and astounded. Perfect ingredient to drop people's mouths open. Perfect ingredient to give the rest of the world some hope. Because they're going to be like, wait, wait, I remember you though. What do you mean you're a pastor now? What? All these years I didn't see you, you're telling me you, you travel the nations? You're preaching? It's the call of the Lord upon your life. He's calling you. All he was looking for people that will believe him. If you believe him, everything's possible for you. It's okay. I recognize every single day. I was like, Lord, I got issues. He's like, come, let's go. I'm like, but I got issues. Come on, let's go. He's looking for a hungry heart. He's looking for hungry people. He's looking for people that are not ashamed. I know this much. We all done sin. We all done messed up. Because if not, the Bible will be a lie. The Bible says, for we all have fallen short of the glory of God. For we all have sinned. But, I said it in church the other day, I like big butts and I cannot lie. I don't know, I know. Clean your mind. <laughs> Restoration to the mind, even now. Because <laughs> I'm talking about the butts of God. I'm sick, but by my stripes you're healed. I'm broken, but I will restore you. But I'm in darkness, but I will bring you to marvelous light. But I'm full of shame. I'm full of shame, but I will manifest glory. Those are the butts of God see <laughs> God takes everything I mean God takes everything and restores it from the very moment God took me to the glory in 2000 um, January 7 2011 I remember I used to love the song hero right from Mariah Carey and I was like the song I thought the song was about me God takes me to the glory and then the next day I'm driving and the song plays on the radio and I'm like it was always about you <laughs> I literally realized, and then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on. And it was Jesus with the strength to carry me. And I'm like, oh my God, I never saw it this way. And you'll finally see the truth that a hero lies in you or lives in you, right? No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And then I started seeing Christ. I'm like, so this whole time you were here? He goes, I said in my word, I'll never leave you. Like, I don't know why you were thinking I wasn't there. You know how many of us live life thinking he's not there? Some of, some, of, some of us are sitting here right now thinking he's not filling the room right now. He's like, hey guys, I'm in here. 
He's here, I promise you. He's like stuffing himself in here. He's just like, whoop, here I am. But because we are only have physical eyes open and we don't have spiritual eyes open. If he opened up our spirit eyes right now, every single one of us is going to be rolling on the floor. I'm telling you. Every single one of us will be indignified right at that moment. You'll see in heaven. Now any of you are going to be proper in heaven. You're going to be dressed like royalty that rolls around on the floor. <laughs> You're going to be casting your crowns off. That's what we do in heaven. He gave us crowns so we could cast them at his feet constantly. All glory, all honor. All, it's you, Lord. It's you, Lord. It's you, Lord. That's why every time people say, you, I'm like, not me, him. It's him and me. Remove Jesus out of me. The same people here that love me going to hate my guts. If you would have met me 20 years ago, I promise you, you would have been like, I hate him. I can't stand him. I would have been the first Christian in your face telling you how you don't you even believe what you preach. That was the guy that I was. When I left church years ago, my friends were like, well, you better go to church. And I said, why? At least I know why I don't go. You don't even know why you go. And they will walk out my door and never come back. You think they humbled themselves? They didn't. Because I was raised in church. I knew the system. But God healed my heart. People say he's the most loving guy. Now. Right, Jessica? Now. Right, Chris? Now. That's my best friend. He knows me. He used to pick me up at the club drunk. Right or wrong? He should be preaching. Because he was the one praying for me. I will be depressed in the bar drunk and he'll come and pick me up at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So no glory to me. Glory to God. But the beautiful thing is, is I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. See, it's not Abraham. God has given Abraham a word. This is not a word of a man. This is the word of God that the man wrote down. You ever wrote, you ever, anybody here keeps a journal of when God spoke to you? How many got journals? I want to see some hands. Not that many. Write journals. I got a treasure box. And every time God gave me a word, I'll put it in this box. In 2017, God says, go to your treasure box. And he goes, start reading page by page. And I went through that treasure box and I started reading page by page. And he says, I wasn't giving you a word. I was giving you a story this whole time. He goes, every word is a page in your eternal book. He was like, I was writing love letters from heaven and people were the messengers. You ever walked in somewhere and somebody said, I just felt like the Lord to give you this letter. Or you walk somewhere and you find a little note and you knew it was for you. It was God sending you letters. And if you collect them, one day you could go back and see that he was loving you. Even when nobody else was loving you. And that in your broken place, in the place of darkness, he was sending you words of life. And then when you're in the light, you're like, no, no way. No way this whole time. God was sending me letters. I love my treasure box. You should see, come to my house. Be like, wow, this man really loves God. I'll be like, treasure box, treasure box. I got journals and treasure boxes everywhere. 
because I know it's my daddy writing love letters. Because he spoke a word that he will fulfill. He is the author and he is the finisher of my faith, of my life. And the good work he began, he is faithful to complete it. The good work he's begun in this place, he's faithful to complete it. He spoke the word. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all on all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. That's still, he spoke that to Abraham, but we're descendants of Abraham. Not by blood, but by faith. So this promise is for us. He's still doing it. God told me I was going to reach nations. How many of you knew me 10 years ago? How many of you knew me five years ago? How many of you knew me 30 years ago? But God said, a people you do not know will hear the message you speak. And today I'm standing in front of nations. See, you thought nations were different countries. But the Bible, when the Bible speaks of nations, it's speaking about groups of peoples. And right now I'm in front of groups of peoples. From different nations and we went across the room different nations i don't have to go to all your nations i release one word on you and you go carry somewhere else and then they carry somewhere else and then somebody carries somewhere else how you think that the gospel of jesus christ made it all the way here because people kept sharing the good news when you start looking at evangelism as just sharing good news you're not going to convert nobody don't worry about that let me get that off your chest you don't have authority for that that's not what you do you feed the hungry faith comes through hearing hearing the word of god in the natural we eat through the mouth right you hungry you go to a restaurant you eat through your mouth but in the spirit we all eat through our ears and when we eat through our ears our belly is not satisfied our heart is in the natural you eat your belly fills up in the spirit you eat through your ears your heart fills up and then from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's a fountain coming in through your ears, but then there's a fountain coming out through your mouth. And everywhere you go, you give to drink to the thirsty. And everywhere you go, you give some bread. He who eats of this bread will never hunger again. And he who drinks of this water will never thirst again. I say... Embrace the transition. I know one thing. The good work the Lord began in you guys, he's faithful to complete it. I think God's just trying to show you something that you don't know everything. And that he has some surprises up his sleeves to shock you. I was leading Lugar de Reposo when we started. You want to talk about challenging Setting chairs, breaking chairs down, putting chairs up, putting chairs down, doing this, doing that. A lot of the people wouldn't help. Some did, some didn't, some came, some left. And God says, no matter what, they come and they leave. I called you. You were just called to feed them. You got to keep doing the work. You got to trust. There were days I wanted to give up. There were days I didn't understand. There were times that offering wasn't even coming in. But God said, keep giving. Keep, you keep investing. You keep crying. You keep sweating. You keep pressing in. 
I remember even in uh, the, the end of 2020 when the Super Bowl was more important and only two of us showed up to church. My worship team didn't come to church to worship that day. They went to the football game. They went to see football. Everybody missed. They did. And God said, what you going to do? I said, I'm still going to worship you. You were the one that loved me first. You were the one that was there when nobody else was there. Everybody else, all of you are just extras. You're just extras coming into my story. This story is right here. Whoever I meet along the way, whoever comes and whoever goes, it don't matter. I made up my mind. I don't care if my father, my mother, my father, my real parents, they've never been to one of my gatherings. You want to talk about how much love Abraham is? Let me tell you the truth. Why? Because my family has never stepped foot. Only my real mom. So love has to come from a different direction. Because if not, I would have lost my mind. That's why I'm loved. That's why I go to churches and other people love me. Because sometimes the people that you think are going to love you don't love you. Because sometimes the people you think are going to raise up your hands are not the ones to raise your hand. But praise God that he'll send people like you guys. You see, you think I'm the blessing, but I think you're the blessing. Because to me, your hugs matter. To me, your words of encouragement matter. Because in my family, I don't get it. So you see the difference? Everything is not what it looks like in the natural. And sometimes we have to look at our pastors and go, take a step back. And say, God, show me what my pastor goes through. Because pastors go through a lot. And they didn't tell me to do this. I'm a pastor. And I didn't understand my pastors in the past. Whether they were good or bad, whether they messed up on me or not, it don't even matter. I forgive every single one of them. Because as a pastor, the struggle's real. Pastors supposedly got to think about every single person. And you're like, your brain doesn't even function that way. But we have that expectation over them. They could do everything. No, God can do everything. And in God, we're able to overcome. But if we help one another, if we lift up the arms of our pastors, if we pray for our pastors, if we encourage our pastors, the ministry looks more successful. The ministry looks beautiful. We need each other. We're not body parts. We are the body. A finger over there, a liver over there, a heart over there, a kidney over there doesn't have life. In order for the body part to function, it needs to be connected to the body. If you're just a body part, you have no life. But when you come together as one, there's life, there's glory, there's healing. And I know that God, as I went through the struggles of my first year as a pastor, right? Then transition came. And we had transitions within transitions. Okay, we went from the main sanctuary at TRP to the little room. And I was like, I don't know what room to go into. To maybe people come, more people come. We didn't know what to do. And God said, just pray. Just enjoy it. If two people show up, enjoy it. I remember that day, people were watching the Super Bowl. And I don't judge them. I chose to worship. And God moved. Man, that was one of the longest services we had. That was like four hours straight up glory laid out under the power of God. I'm like, praise God that didn't come. 
<laughs> I was like, we probably wouldn't have to have this move of God. And then our leaders had to go. They had to transition to other churches. But when that happened, all of a sudden they're like, you've done a great job. I'm like, I feel like I failed. You're getting promoted. You're getting your own building. I'm like, no, I, no, no, no. I already messed up here. They're like, you didn't mess up. You've been faithful. Sometimes we go through stuff just to prove our faithfulness. It's not to see how fast the church is going to grow or how many people are going to come or how many revivals break out. Maybe it's simply to produce faithfulness in you. Devotion in you. To press in no matter what. And we went to the new building last year. And it's growing. And how many transitions have we not gone through? I've literally, as a pastor, I think I've gone through like six worship leaders already. And none of them, none of them have been because of problems. None of them. It's because God is moving the pieces. I put a leader and they're like, oh, I feel of the Lord. He's calling me here. And I'm like, you got to go. And I, was not, I learned not to be upset because I remember being in churches. You're not leaving until I give you permission. I did that one time. I stood in that church because my pastor said, well, I'm the authority and I'm not releasing you. You're going to stay here until I release you. Four months later, they kicked me out that door so hard. They were like, we don't want you in this church. Get out. I was like, and it broke my heart. But I had to learn a lesson to obey the voice of God every single time. So when people tell me, I heard God, I got to go. I'm like, let me walk you right out the door. You're not staying a week extra. Go. If you tell me that God told you, right, Josh? Out the door. Go. Bye. Here's a gift. Take it. Bye. And it's not that I don't love him. It's, he's here now. They were from South Tampa. Now they're here. God's moving all the people into different campuses because he's building us up, but there's certain needs, right? So he's like, let me put this one there. Let me put this one there. And he's constantly doing this in all our campuses. And it's beautiful because there is no competition. We are embracing one another. We are empowering one another. His ministry is not going to be fulfilled because of me. His ministry is going to be fulfilled because God spoke a word in his mother's belly. If God gave me a season to be with them, it's a season. I know them from way back anyways. I know them since they were little kids. I used to go pray in their, their, youth, their youth campaigns up in Connecticut. You know, but when you learn to let go, which is what I said earlier, you let go, you make space. Now we have amazing worshipers over there that are doing a great job. And, and that probably is going to flip and change. So stop holding on so hard. Don't be afraid of the transitions. Embrace them. God gave us our own campus. Now we have glory soaking nights. And hey, free promo. If you've never been to a glory soaking night, you should come and join us on a Friday night. Because we're going on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> I'll leave it there. What does that mean? I don't know. Gotta show up. You, if you show up and, and you, I know you're going to come back with some stories like what is going on there is amazing. There's healing and restoration. So we encourage you guys to embrace it. Trust God. Our, and, and this part I don't even want in the recording if they're recording. But it's to encourage because we're family. We're a church. My first year as a pastor, the income for our church for LDR was $8,000. Okay? Which for first year, I mean, it was hard. Praise God, we were sharing a building. Second year, 48. This year, we're already at 98. And it's not about money, because if you've been to our campus, do I ever ask for money? I never ask for money. If you're not going to be a cheerful giver, you will not give in my church. I refuse that you will put contaminated money, bitter money, angry money in there. 
Our offering is holy. Our offering is full of grace, is full of joy, is full of peace. It's full of thanksgiving because we give because God's faithful. We give because God gave us a home when we didn't have a home. We give because he's transformed our lives. That's why I give and that's what I teach my church. So it's not about money. What I'm giving you is an example that even though it's a little bit, you're going to sow seeds, but you got to give it time to grow. Don't get discouraged because you don't see the answer right now. Give God his time. His time. In his time and in his season, you're going to see the fruit of this ministry. In his time and in his season, the every chair will be full. You're going to have your temple. So even letting go for a season, it's okay. It's wisdom. It's complete wisdom. Because you're building a family. In our campus, people are like, wow, you guys have a family feel here. Sundays, where we go. Sometimes we leave at midnight. Now that we had church till midnight, we bring food, we sit down, we talk, we play Catan. Hey, you want community? Play Catan. <laughs> Free promo. <laughs> we, it's a game, it's a board game that we like to play at our campus. And we just sit down and have family. We go out in nature walks. I really feel like God is breaking the systems that men have built. And he's teaching us what family looks like. I went with a brother kayaking on Thursday. And we experienced the glory of God in the kayak. It was amazing. I just go with brothers and sisters on a walk. Like, hey, let's do it. We're going to have a meeting. I was like, we're going to have a meeting walking through a trail. They're like, wow. We're not sitting in office. I was like, I'm tired of walls. So I encourage you. Trust God. It doesn't have to look like the past because obviously it hasn't worked. God is bringing revival. But it's a revival of love. It's not a revival of shouting, rolling around, fire, fire, fire. If the fire, fire, fire is not transforming you, I will question your fire. I have a question. If you're not maturing in love, if you're not maturing in joy, if you're not maturing in peace, I will question it. Because this Holy Ghost and fire, mm, it can be contained. You got to tell somebody. You, I, have, I look for excuses to preach to somebody. I go picking people just to talk to somebody. So God bless you. God keep you. God shine his face upon you. May God be gracious to you. May God give you peace and trust the steps of the Lord. Trust your pastor. We love him. We love Pastor Sarah. We're teammates. We're teammates. You know? God's doing great things at TRP. TRP is a bigger vision than what you think. It's for peace to reign in our city. It's for peace to reign in our lives. It's for peace to reign in your family. It's for peace to reign in your friends. It's for peace. I believe God will take you to the very people that hurt you. I know that's like, what? Oh, watch out. I believe in restoration all the way. And I don't think you could do it. I don't think you make it happen. I believe that Holy Ghost fire gets on you and will take you with flowers and gift cards to them. I just want to love you. They're going to think you're crazy. I just want to give you a gift. You treating me bad, you made me cry. And because I cried, the Lord answered. Some people hurt me and God opened my eyes to glory. And I love them. They think I still reach out to people. They think, they think I'm crazy. I'm like, you're going to sit in front of me in heaven. I love you. They look at me like that. They're like, you're crazy. 
I'm like, you're gonna sit in front of me in heaven. And I'm gonna give you a roll of bread and a cup of wine. And when you drink that wine, you're gonna give me a big old hug. <laughs> We're best friends in heaven. We're best friends in heaven. I've, I'm, I'm not making up a lie. I've told people that hate my guts to their faces. I'm like, look, you could be mad at me. I mean, you hurt me anyways. But you could be mad at me on earth. But when we get to heaven, we're best friends. So we might as well start acting like it here. Get over it. You hurt me and I'm over it. So why are you mad? <laughs> you know? That's sometimes ridiculous. But that's another preaching in itself. Anyways, thank you so much for um, giving me this opportunity to share this word. Is this the word I felt in my heart. Caleb told me, come and share. And I want to encourage you. Trust create your family build your family get to know each other I'm, it's the most beautiful thing you could do too many churches are divided people that used to pray together people that used to fast together people that spoke in tongues together people that saw miracle signs and wonders together are now enemies people that used to be in youth group together now became old and one's that way and the other one's that way grumpy old man oh we serve the Lord repent from your wicked ways and come home and see the family of God restored in the name of Jesus. So get to know each other. Lift each other up. Pray for one another. This is not church. You are church. You are. This is not the resting place. You are the resting place. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.